0: Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. I cannot tell you how honored I am to get to speak with you over Zoom, Bill, Billy Goodson. Thank you. Yeah, this is, I'm just so glad you said yes. And I wanted to reach out to you because when I interviewed Marissa Burgess, who we call her an honorary Bluebell because she did not actually work as a Bluebell company, but as a Doris dancer, she was talking about her experiences at the Moulin Rouge and there's good and bad and wonderful. And Dang, that woman was a hard worker that always was reaching for more and never was Where She always had more that she was trying to get to, but she talks about you in this way that made me want to reach out to you of just how wonderful you were to work with and how it made everybody feel really special because a lot of dancers can tell stories of, of some of that, but also, I mean, I worked for one producer. We were always reminded that we could be replaced, you know? So you always have yeah. that. Yeah. Build you up, but also tear you down yeah. and how the people that you are in that very intimate situation of rehearsals, could really make or break a dancer. And I know she's got a strong spirit, but also the the importance of excellence and integrity and character. Those are the people. And when a lot of these dancers are telling their story, the people that stand out is uh, I would say Pete Menefee, like every person I talk to like that, that guy has the most incredible career. Yeah, and Everyone talks about kindness. And I always say, don't let that be a wimpy word. Like, kindness is a very active and powerful world word that I think we need right now and so when when you stand out in someone's story as a person that had amazing choreography but also were wonderful to work with like you need a trophy you need you need an Emmy you need something something for that because I I understand dancers get used to just being treated as just one of the many but I know I wanna go back into your history because you know what it's like to be a dancer and you know what it's like to be in those situations when there's a bunch of people trying to get the same job or you're dealing with people's egos that, that you have to be careful of, You know, like which way that's gonna go and make your rehearsal situation wonderful or miserable. So first, can you just tell us where you are right now?
1: Um, hi, everybody. I'm in Milan, Milan, Italy, Italy um, in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, been here now for for 12 years but I will give you a scoop I'm moving back to LA at the end of next month you are yes I am we might yes, have a
0: full circle story then
1: yeah yeah it's wild yeah you got me right in time
0: okay because I know you from the end of the 80s early 90s were a bunch of dancers that I knew either that I danced with professionally or that when I opened my dance studio, every over teachers and dancers, like we got to go to LA. That was the mad Exodus out of Seattle was to get to LA, to train, to be in music videos. And that was the place to be. And so I knew all the teachers down there that people were taking from and the stories that they had. And so I went to visit a friend and she's you got to take Billy Goodson's class. It's like the best thing in LA. <laughs> and I was telling this in our <sighs> pre-recording, like I had taken a lot of classes in New York And I just, I love the vibe of New York, but LA everything I was seeing was very scary. Like you have to wear minimal clothes, get in the front you gotta be seen. And there were so many people in class, but your class had this amazing vibe. Like I can remember very few classes of all the classes I've taken in my life, but I remember that one just like, oh, this is, I felt, it didn't feel like one of the many. And I know you even came and talked to us after, which I thought was remarkable considering how many people were in that classroom. But I know a lot of my dancers in in L.A. or sorry, in Seattle have always talked really highly of you, of your style, of how you actually teach class, not just give class. Um, Yeah, so I know you're an educator, but your story, as I got to know a little bit more, is fascinating. So first, I just wanted to esteem you that way from different perspective. (laughs) But I know that there's a humbleness that that um, comes from you've had to work your butt off to be where you are. And that could either be arrogance or humbleness. But can you share a little bit, like what even started you? Because you, you're not like a three-year-old put in a ballet class because that's just the thing that we do with kids.
1: No, no, I started, I started rather late. Well, you know, to tell the truth, um, my mother did put me in ballet class when I was about four. And I lasted about two weeks. <laughs> I liked it. But I didn't like being the only little boy in the room with all of these little girls in pink running around. So I would tell my mom, mom, I like dancing, but I think I want to play baseball or football or, you know. And so she was she was great like that. She let me do what I felt like I wanted to do. So it wasn't until I was 19. um, I had moved back from Northern California to L.A. and. My sister, one night, took me to a disco in Hollywood called Geno's, a famous club for whacking. Um, <laughs> and that night, my life was changed. Um,
0: and you tell me the line you said before. Oh, last night, a DJ
1: saved my life and changed my life. <laughs> oh my! It was goodness. the truth. It was the truth. People, it was the truth. Um, I was never the same. My, it's like my whole brain just like exploded with this is who I am, this is who I'm meant to be, I'm in the right place. And I think also because of the 70s and being at the time I was, I think 19, um, there was so much that I was trying to, you know, I was trying to figure out who am I? You know, I was trying to explore so many things um, and dance was such a wonderful way to 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 have self expression, um, and you know, one of my uh, I also did a, I became a street dancer and a disco dancer, and my partner Miranda Garrison. Um, one night we went to see Alvin Ailey, and you know, as I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, it I don't think these these guys were incredible. Started when they were five or four. I have a feeling they probably started in their teens. And afterwards I asked my friend, Miranda, who was a trained dancer, a little bit older than me. Um, did she think it was possible for me to to do this? And she said, yes, but you need to go take class, like yesterday. Hmm. And um, I told her to give me a list. What do I need to study? Where do I need to study it? And the truth is that the next day, I had my hand on a ballet bar. Hmm.
0: Hmm. And, Were and you still started... the only boy in class?
1: Absolutely not. No. Okay. No. <laughs> um, my first class was at a studio called Jean Marinaccio's, um, and there was a lovely woman who was teaching, and she was like eight months pregnant. Um, but I will say this. Um, the girls in the ballet class, Laughed at me because I played football. I was a I was a big guy, um, and the girls were obviously amused mm. um, at at me being in class. Um, and but there were some other guys in class. Um, and then at some point in the class, she, the teacher, asked me to come and demonstrate this series of Port-au-bras. And I was like, me? And the girls were teetering and, you know, how is he gonna pull this off? And I demonstrated it. And it was like, I drew back from four years old and really what I liked about ballet, I kind of diff, 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 kind of did this rewind and I danced the portobello. Mm. And the teacher said, "This is this young man's first dance class, but all of you little ladies who are laughing, what he's doing is he's dancing,
0: mm.
1: and that I I I thank her to this day. She opened the door for me, um, and." And it's funny too, because years later, several of those girls auditioned for me as dancers when I had become a choreographer. And we had this um, understanding that it's okay, we're all human. Yeah. Maybe, it was, maybe I was funny with, you know, ballet tights on and, you know, but here we are today. And, and and we we became friends and worked together and 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 that's part of part of my my very humble beginnings. Um, but uh, but from the club to the to the ballet studio, jazz, I studied everything. You know everything that L. A. had to offer. You know my teachers were Michael Peters and George Remain and Jaime Rogers and the Landrums and Carol Connors. And, you know my peer uh-huh. group is Jackie slight i mean so in in the 70s there were just so many good teachers you know and choreographers and dancers there's oh the the wealth of 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 artistry was immense you know i feel yeah. so lucky
0: so when you when you said you really felt this is who i am when you went to the disco but you you also felt that at the ballet bar
1: i felt it at the ballet bar because dance is dance yeah You know, um, uh, to this day, (laughs) this is so weird. Um, You know, uh, living in Italy, we were one of the first, besides China, we were one of the first countries to go into quarantine. And I've been taking online classes, Pilates, from one of the girls who, she was actually Jaime Rogers' assistant. Her name is Alani in like the 70s. And now she's kind of a guru you know, of, of Pilates and yoga. And there's a group of us, another one of the people that participates is a woman named Joanne DeVito, who was a dancer and a choreographer who actually gave me my first dance TV job. We are all doing Pilates and we started kind of as a fluke doing Gram in the class. I almost started to cry. It all came back to me. Really? Yes, yes. it was an, it oh. was it was so wonderful. So now every class we do we do some gram, we do a floor bar or we'll stand up and do just a little bit of ballet, tendus and fondus and um, so the club is the club but dance is is the god, is the universe. Mm. Oh my know. god um and and it it all kind of becomes one for me
0: that just makes so much sense of what makes a great choreographer and we're going to go through a little bit of your timeline because where you end up as a choreographer as the choreographer for the Moulin Rouge the 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 story makes it even more interesting of who how you're taking all these things to create your style and your love for all the different styles I think sometimes people get very pigeonholed as like oh you are the funk person or you're the foxy yeah. person where it kind of is limiting but if you can if you have a not just able to do well but a passion for all of them that actually translates into i think great choreography but also an, a way to work with all the dancers instead of like oh you're the elite or i don't know i just yeah. like there can be some snobbery within styles sometimes so when yeah. you were there at the pinnacle of all these great teachers but you're also i love your story like when mtv is exploding on the scene so can you tell like you as a teacher you as a dancer you as a choreographer like were those overlapping or was it a sequential thing
1: um it was really overlapping because what happened is probably about three months into my three months after I started studying dance um Saturday Night Fever came out Mm. so suddenly all of the jobs wanted disco dancers so I was like in the right place at the right time. Um, and I started working after I'd been studying dance about five months.
0: Really? Like, oh, wow. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because what they wanted was what I did. Yeah. You know? Um, and, but I think because I was older when I started, I understood that when this fad is over, I'm gonna to need to be trained. So Ooh. don't stop training just because they want this group of steps right now. Um, I understood that. Um, but uh, I started working quickly and to kind of quickly tie this whole thing in with, with Cabaret and, and, and Don Arden and Jubilee and Delito. First off, when I got back to um, to Los Angeles, I was living in Northern California. um, The the Sunday LA Times would have an ad, a full page ad for the Lido in the back of the paper. And my, my grandmother, I was living with my grandmother and she always got that paper. And I was in love with the girl who did the ad. In love. I mean, in love. 19-year-old hormones, like, great.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and for for any of you out there who know who, who Barbara Beverly is, um, she was the girl um, doing the ad. Well, I was in love with Barbara Beverly. So I went to Vegas um, one time, really just to see the Lido. And I knew some people. I had already started teaching at Dupre's, this was probably maybe 79 or something like that. Um, And I saw the show, blew me away completely. Don Arden became part of the the group of people, um, Jack Cole, Bob Fosse, that have enriched my life. with, with their lives. Um, love the show. I met, uh, Barbara Beverly backstage and she didn't look anything like, <laughs> like, because you know, you know, showgirl makeup and, right. and it, you know, it, she was like, and she was like huge. She had to have been six, two or something like that. Um, so one day I'm, I'm teaching at Dupre's and it was, I think a Saturday class and in walks this huge, late for class, we're already like 10 minutes in class. This girl runs in and throws her back down, blonde hair everywhere and huge. And I'm looking in the mirror, I'm just like, wow, okay. So we get through a little bit of the center bar, you know, and she didn't have a lot of ballet training, but then you know how a lot of jazz classes started with walks across the floor. But mm-hmm. well, we did our first walk across the floor And my jaw must have hit the the floor. (laughs) Oh, I can see
0: this. (laughs) I just,
1: I, I didn't know who she was, but I said, young lady, will you please go back and do that again? And all of you take notes. So she tipped across the floor one more time. And when she got to where I was at the stereo, I was like, who are you? And she said, my name's Barbara Beverly, my, my my jaw (laughs) hit the floor again. I was like, so, so yeah. Yeah. So, so the Lido um, and, and Don Arden and Jubilee have been in my heart Uh, Jubilee so much. So because my first, the person that discovered me was, was a woman named Tony Basil. She discovered discovered me at a club uh, in in Hollywood. And I was known because I couple dance. And she asked me if if I uh, would dance with her. And I was like full of myself. I was like, you know, 19 and hormones. Um, And I said, you know, sure, I'll dance with you. Well, I danced every bobby pin out of that woman's hair. I (laughs) threw her around and tossed and twirled and... (laughs) And, 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 uh, and, and when the song changed, she stopped for a minute and she was like screaming in my ear because the disco was pumping. And she tells me, you know, I'm, I'm doing this show. I don't know if you know who I am, but I'm doing this show. And I would like for you to be in my show. And I'd like for you to do this in my show with me. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. And, uh, I give her credit for, for, for all of that, for, for my discovery. And Had she
0: come out with like Mickey and was she, like, not, was yet. she not yet? Not okay. yet. She
1: was, she was still our best known secret.
0: Right. Um, the okay. dance
1: world's best known secret. So then I got to, we started rehearsals and the people in this show were so incredible. There were three ballerinas that were like insanely talented, and actually there were two twins who were male dancers, who, so there were five in total. Shabadu, who was one of the original lockers was in the show, um, this guy Spaz Attack, um, a bunch of Whackers, um, some other lockers, um, and one of her mentors kind of loosely kind of directed, and his name was David Winners. I'm not sure if you know who David Winners is from West Side Story. He was the redhead um, a rab oh, the little yeah, one
0: yeah,
1: and, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so and and Devo was doing mu- was doing some of the music and 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 George Chackeras was wandering in and out and even Kenny Ortega was wandering in and out and just people people people. And so the show happens. I think probably to this day it's one of the best shows I've ever done. It was so mm. far ahead of itself. Yeah. And 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 but but David Winters then asked me if I would be his um assistant choreographer for Diana Ross's new tour. And I was like 20 years old and like hell yeah, <laughs> you know. Um and so I, in talking with Diana, which was the trip mm-hmm. uh, um, and asking her what it was, you know, she wanted, she wanted like models and for her to be in the middle of the models. And I was like, boring. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: she was like, well, well, what should I have? I said, well, I want you to go to this club with me on Saturday night so she got all incognito and I took her to this club Gino's which was the first club that I went to that where the DJ changed my life I took her there and she saw these kids whacking and flying and she was like I have to have this I have to have this so um I hired, you know, like four four guys from the club, um, and we opened in in LA at Universal Amphitheater, and then about three months later, we went to do six weeks in Vegas. So this is where Cabaret and Don Arden and Jubilee. This was in probably eighty seven, so Jubilee was in its heyday. Yeah. You know, it was uh, probably the best thing in Vegas at that, at that moment in time. But the wonderful thing about Vegas was Diana was there with her boys. Liza was there with her boys. Uh, Cher was there with her boys. Um, Juliet Prowse with her boys. And they were really good boys. And Margaret was there with her boys. Um, Lola Falana had her boys. You know, it, it was just like wow. the city was on fire
0: yeah
1: um with shows and i also feel like i kind of got the end of that era you know um i was lucky enough to be a part of that um when women were walking in with furs and jewels and in yeah. limousines and stars i remember i have a picture Um, of me dancing with Diana after the show in her dressing room. And behind us sitting on a couch is Marvin Gaye, Donna Summers, Gladys Knight, and Grace Jones.
0: Oh my God.
1: Oh my God, yeah, yeah. yeah. When this is Um, the
0: era of icons, which is different now, like I feel like you're in the peak of that era with the peak people.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It never really
0: came back to that again. That's amazing.
1: No, no, it didn't. It, 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 it never came back to that. And, and, and I remember, um, going to see (laughs) Jubilee and again, you know, I was like, I'm not worthy to dawn. I just, you know, um, my sister was, was a model and she's six feet. Um, I was raised by women in my family. And I just had this respect for, for, for women and the beauty of women and the strength of women. And somehow it was a good fit with Cabaret. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's how kind of, you know, the, the, the Lido. And then of course, you know, from that point, I worked in a bunch of shows in Vegas. Um, I worked a lot with Kutash. Um, oh, really? Jeff Kutash, That's yeah.
0: Splash? I did and...
1: Splash, and okay. I did, um, at the DI, we did Showstoppers and the main event at Paris. Um, so I, I Vegas became, you know, my, my hub was like Los Angeles, Vegas. Was that
0: a con, cause I'm, I know like a lot of ballet dancers I've talked to were kind of thought, told they were selling out to go to Vegas. And when you've got this career in LA, you know, choreographing and teaching, was it, was it weird for you to do that? Did people think you should be in LA only or did it, what was the mindset for you to be in both places?
1: Um, I think I was an exception. Okay. Because, because there were, you know, like I said, People laughed at, at me, you know, um, you know, um, what is, how do I, how do I say this diplomatically? There's prejudice everywhere, even in Mm. our, our, our dance family. Right. You know, if you look different, if you move differently, um, I was an exception to the rule. So I was always, people were always like, Billy, what are you doing? You know, uh, why are you doing that? You know, but it's, but people were like, it's Billy. You know, okay, <laughs> but but I was always looking for the exception. Mm. You know, I mm. was always looking for the talent. I don't care how tall you are, I don't care what your thighs look like, I don't care if you've got these feet that are like crazy. Talent is talent, you know, and and even in my classes, like you said, Dupre's that room was full. I usually looked at the back two rows.
0: You saw me. I was in the back two. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's usually oh, where my that's eyes were.
0: Different. You know, yeah.
1: because I knew the people that were in the front, they don't really need my attention. You know, yeah. they're, they've been studying for a long time and everybody knows them. And, you know, they get kudos all the time, Right. you know, but who needs my pat on the back? Who, who needs a. Uh, hi, I noticed you in class, where are you guys from? You know? Yeah. Um, so, oh. so the whole thing too, with ballet dancers and, and that whole selling out thing, I was like, if you're a ballet dancer and you grow up to be 5'10 mm-hmm.
0: and then you have to jump
1: on point and you're gonna be 6'2, I mean, who? who you're yeah. never gonna work, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, to you ballet dancers that are tall, there is something out there just for you, Yeah. you know? You are lucky because there are shows that are just for you. Mm. And sometimes it took some ballet dancers a while to understand that and and kind of get this other thing out of their head and realize, the bottom line is I wanna dance. So if I can't do it in a ballet company, where can I do it? Okay, I can do it there in in pumps and feathers,
0: mm-hmm. um, uh,
1: but but still dance, um, and uh, you know, I mean, then of course you have the whole topless g-string thing, you know, you know that you know some people can deal with and some people can't, you know that that's okay, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, I never felt that you know you're selling out to do Vegas, although I knew that that was something that a lot of dancers um, had to deal with. Um, but, but I got, I mean, there were people telling dancers of mine who were trained dancers, oh, if you work with Billy, you're selling out because Billy's doing that street dance stuff, you know?
0: Uh-huh. And,
1: and, and then over years, you know, I mean, even even, in, even my class, which you took at the beginning, even some of my fellow teachers were, were not on board with, with me doing what I was doing um, in saying that it wasn't real dance. Um, uh, and that was, that was okay for me because I was like, I'm going to prove you wrong.
0: Right, yeah. You know, have.
1: because it is real dance. Maybe it's not that particular pure jazz that you are talking about. No, it's not that. Because I'm fusing everything together, you know, from street dance to jazz dance to salsa, anything and everything that has touched my dance world is in my dance, you know. Mm. Um, But, you know, sometimes when I look at So You Think You Can Dance and I see these young kids that can do anything and everything, I'm like, I'm glad I did what I did 40 years ago.
0: Yeah. Well, when I looked at your reel, there's like um, a Fosse influence. There's a, a definitely a cabaret feel. There's like a street jazz. There's like show stuff. There's like, it's, it was great. I mean, I feel like there was a little bit of Latin and salsa in there. am like, well, that's what I would love to watch. And also as a dancer, that's what I wanted to do. Cause I feel like some of the shows you kind of only did one. So I would always gravitate to the show. Yeah, I want to do something more funk. Like I was liking that style and there were opportunities. The eighties was like the golden years of pick 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 a city pick a a country you can go work so i want to get back to this back and forth of vegas and where does um working for michael jackson because all right you already worked with diana ross like it's hard to figure out how else you go up from there not that they're a level but there is something like you already were doing these like tony basil and and diana ross where does michael fit into this
1: well michael strangely enough is connected to diana because she's the one that discovered the jackson five so she was close with the family. So while, while we were on the road and in Vegas, the family would come in and, and to say hi and hang out. And so I had already met the whole family working with her. Um, and my mentor was Michael Peters, who was the choreographer of Beat It. Yeah. And, you know, uh, he asked me to do that job, that video. And it, even, even besides Michael, um, the best dancers in the city were in that, in that video. So for this, this young guy who started in the club to end up in a music video with Michael Jackson um, was was an immense satisfaction for me. Um, I'll tell you a funny story. Um, It was a weird job because we rehearsed during the day and that night we started shooting because the scenes were in in the evening. Um, And we went, we did two like 24 hour days of shooting. Mm. Um, And the first day of rehearsal, I wish I could remember where we rehearsed, I can't remember. First day of rehearsal, we're all joking around and dancing. We're all so stoked, you know, because it was kind of this double whammy of working for Michael Jackson. But also this new MTV thing was happening. Um, and and we're with like the king of pop, you know. Um, and I realized after about four or five hours, Michael keeps looking at me in the mirror like straight like Weird. And I knew after a while it wasn't just me because some of my friends were like, is Michael looking at you strange or is it us? And I was like, no, he's looking at me and I can't figure out what that is. And I was thinking, okay, Billy, you're getting ready to get fired. Where's your bag? <laughs> oh, yeah. Keep an eye on your bag. It's getting ready to be over that fast. <sighs> and So at one point he like weighs me over, he calls me over. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Where's my bag? And uh, I get over there. I'm like, hi, Michael. And he's like, do we know each other? And I'm like, yeah, we've met several times with Diana. I was her choreographer and lead dancer. He was like, that's it. That's where I know you from. And then he says to me, I am so glad you're working on this project with me. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you're here with me. He said that to me
0: oh oh store that one forever
1: yeah yeah it's stored in the bucket list it's it's on top oh. of everything i'm like you're happy i'm here okay yeah. um and but i was
0: telling and- you like when i was in reno i came back and was taking class with there was a lot of people that were in thriller and beat it and bad and to us i cannot imagine like i've, I've met donald o'connor i've met some of those big and that's a that's a wonderful iconic that I mean that's just such a wonderful era and then this MTV thing was like oh my gosh I'm taking class with someone who is I mean there's so many videos MTV was like when dance became the thing but it feels like you were in the most iconic videos of all time in the most I don't know like there that is like a pinnacle for dancers what you were part of when you're dancing with Michael Jackson I just can your brain even comprehend this at how the age really, that yeah. you're part of this? Like to even, even like you he said, he's doing many mi- movies. These videos weren't just like yeah. a, put some dance yeah. moves to my song. It's like old storyline. And it was so different. I think people that see it now it's different from those of us who watch this thing emerge and be like,
1: yeah,
0: what is this? It was just like, yeah. there's nothing like it that I can think of in the dance culture.
1: Yeah, I think, like I was saying before to you, I think um, the MTV movement for us was kind of like what happened to the tech world, you know, 10 years later, you know, with, with computers and cell phones and how it, it changed the world. Um, the sad thing, though, about MTV was it was kind of the death of variety shows. Um, yeah. and, and I loved a good variety show you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, like I was telling you, I think I did one of the last ones with, uh, with Steve Allen. Oh, with Steve Allen and, and Barbara Eden. And this is, I'm going way off. That's okay. This funny story is my parents knew Steve Allen when, when I was a kid. And um, one Easter, we were invited to his house. I think it was like four or five years old for Easter, invited over to his house. And they had a pool and we didn't know it. So none of us brought bathing suits. So we all had to go into the pool with our underwear on. <coughs> Excuse me. So I proceed to dive in the deep end. Let me get some water. I dove in the deep end and proceeded to drown. <gasps> Steve, oh. Allen, Steve Allen jumps in with his clothes on and saves me. <coughs> so 16 years later, fast forward, we're doing this show and I, I'm I'm tortured because it was like, I wanna go up and tell him, thank you for saving my life <laughs> when I was four. And so I finally got up the nerve and I went over to him and I was like, hello, Mr. Allen, I'm, I'm one of the dancers. And he was like, oh, I'm, I'm Billy. I, I just wanted to say that um, I'm Wilbur and Lena's son. He was like, Wilbur and Lena Beckham? And I'm like, yes, I'm their son. He was like, no way. And and I I said and I want to thank you for saving my life. He was like, you were the one who jumped in the pool. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yes, I know, it's insane. And but wow. but that that's kind of the beauty of, of also our business, you mm-hmm. know, show business is how how we're so connected from everywhere. Um, and um, but I did feel very very lucky that I was able to to work in in Hollywood and also work in Vegas because not a lot of people did that. Um, I was fortunate um, uh, that that I was able to to understand that they were both valid and both wonderful, very, very different, um, but I loved them both. Um, So, you know.
0: So how did you end up? in Europe and then end up choreographing for the Moulin Rouge. Because that, I think when I saw it, if even if I'd seen your name on the program, I would not have put it as you, Billy Goodson, because I yeah. think that those worlds are so far apart. I, I, even though I recognized your name from LA, I would not have assumed it was the same guy.
1: Yeah, there's, um, it's an interesting story. And I'm sure quite a few kids out there, um, showgirls and showboys know Bill Lloyd. Um, Bill Lloyd asked me to go to Italy in 1986 to do a TV show. And in, in 86, my career was, was booming and the money wasn't that great. Um, uh, so I told him, you know, ask me, you know, when you have a little bit more money. So the next year he came around with a little more money and uh oh there's something else i just thought of um so i i I went over there and as as the choreographer but there were actually three choreographers there was myself wayne bascom and rich rizzo Mm. so for all of you out there who know rich you know um and uh the show every week um so many connections. Uh, there was a different international star. Well, one week, Debbie de showed up. I did not know her, but not only was she, uh, uh, you know, did she work in the Lido and I, in, in how in, what show did you, you did a show with her, right? Uh,
0: hello Hollywood, hello. And hello, I think Hollywood. she Jubilee. She shows up in so many people's interviews of, of a huge influence and a star in everybody's mind.
1: Yes, yes, well she, she, I am one of those people. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, We did some great numbers for that TV show and and near the end of her stay, she called Madame Doris at the Mulan and she said, there's this kid down here who is tearing it up, who is doing numbers that you need to see. So can you get down here with a contract please? And Madame Doris actually came down to Rome and hired me and hired three or four boys from that show actually. Um, And for that reason, Italy and France are very connected in my heart, in my Mm -hmm. dance heart, Um, because uh, not only did I do that TV show here in Italy, but I've been living here in Italy um, for for thirty some odd years, on and off, back and forth. Really, wow. Um, and and one of the reasons that I really loved Italy is that Italy still had variety shows, and uh, they were still spending money on dancers and singers and comedians and actors and you know, yeah. um, and but Paris, the Moulin Rouge. Um the crazy thing was that I wanted to do the lead up. That was like in, 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 my, in my head, that's what, what, where I wanted to end up. But the Mulan uh, called me first. And uh, I remember getting there and, and seeing the show and a bunch of the kids told me, you know, I asked, you know, the, the direction, you know, is this the cast? And they said, no, well, a bunch of kids are going to be coming from the Lido to open this show and from the parody and, and different shows in town. You know how, how that happens. Yeah. You know, when there's, when there's a, a new contract, dancers, you know, because it's always nice to open a show. You know? Yeah. Um, and so I said, OK, well, I want to definitely go and see the Lido show. Oh, my God panache
0: oh that's I, people seem to think that is like the best don arden panache mm.
1: at the top of his game and yeah. winston and rich they surpassed themselves to this day you know uh, i wish that show had never closed um uh, yeah i i can't i can't say anything bad about that show um and 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 Marissa's sister was in that, along with so, so many other people who were so talented, who luckily for me came to the Moulin, you know, um, and, and opened for Dab, um, which we opened in 87. Um, so that's how I got to, 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 to the Moulin Rouge. And I've been there now for 33 years.
0: Can you tell about that first like what you thought you were going to do. And then when you get on that stage with 60 dancers looking at you. Because okay. I, I was like, that was that's insane. not how I would have assumed that's how you open a or welcome a new choreographer.
1: Um, well, you know, life is a test sometimes, you know. <laughs> um, I get there, um, I think I had one day of meetings, but a meeting was actually lunch and something else, I don't know. Uh, with, with uh, Madame Doris, Rogero, and then, of course, I met Mr. Kledico. um And then the next day, they said, okay, well, well, we'll start tomorrow. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, some kind of pre-production, get me up to speed. So I arrive at 10 on stage at the Mulan, and there's 60 people on stage warming up. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit, okay.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a test. So yeah. they, they tell me that, you know, the, the, uh, Madame Doris walks up and gives me a cassette for my Walkman
0: mm.
1: and says, we're ready. I'm like, well, I'm glad you're all ready, but, it's you a know. Nightmare is a priority. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, I, di- I actually didn't even have time to even think about it being a nightmare. I had time to move my ass. So I gave everybody a 20-minute break, went over into a corner, put my headphones in, and took the opening on. Then I called um, the the dance captain and her assistant, who is still there, Terry, um, and I asked them to explain the stage to me. Where stairs were, where passerels were, what I could use, where were paths that you know, hordes of people could get through, you know, quickly. because um,
0: you're looking at a bare stage, right? You're not seeing.
1: Yeah, all, I'm not. Oh I'm not God. looking at at all the things that come in, all the extras. No, I'm just yeah, looking at a bare wow. stage. Um, but one thing, you know, I kind of drew on. All of my experiences because I played football. So I was used to patterns. And then I also, I went through a year of military school and I was drill sergeant. So I understood how to make patterns work, you know? Um, and after 20 minutes, the kids came back. And it's funny too, because one of the women that was there was Her name was Fafan, French. And she was uh, um, a showgirl and also the uh, Can-Can soloist. And I could read her face. You know, she was letting me have it. She was like, whoever he is, he's going to be terrible and he's not going to succeed and blah, blah, blah. I went to work. I went to work. And we started and... I never finished, you know, I never stopped working. I just kept working until we got to the finale. And then later on, I was told that the Moulin Rouge has never hired anyone to do their whole show. They hire choreographers to do pieces and then they do pieces and kind of patchwork everything together. Yeah. But um, after a few days, I was told Madame Doris went to Ruggiero and said, okay, I think maybe he's gone far enough. Maybe we should step in. And Ruggiero said to her, leave the kid alone. He's doing in two days what we couldn't have done ever. Leave him alone. Oh, so they wow. actually they actually let me do the whole show and uh, from top to bottom, except the can-can, of course. I was going to ask r- about that, that. That was, that was Ruggiero's, that was Ruggiero's um, baby. Okay um and uh and then the same thing with uh Ferry, you know uh 12 years later So I just
0: saw that show last year and that's all your choreography?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, my gosh. Cuz that's why I think I've, all these shows that all of us are talking about there was like Hello Hollywood I think it had three court maybe two or three choreographers so you yeah. could tell tell where the style changed but because you have I mean I love that whole part about military and football like patterns because I think a lot of choreographers could be like, hey, give me my song, here's what I'm gonna do. Oh, how do I make the stairs work? How do I move people? Exactly. That's exactly. the challenge where, on those stages, that's where Don Arden was brilliant. Like that Buzz. Brilliant. Williams, levels, Genius. layers, Genius. patterns. Genius.
1: Yeah. And yeah. for
0: the eye of the beholder, that's not necessarily a dancer. That's the mesmerizing part is the moving people. And yeah. that show, like I just saw like the, the, I'm thinking those pink costumes that light up in the finale. Yeah. Yeah. And the la- the levels and the layers and you don't, it's not like there's too many things to look up that, that make you crazy. Cause you can't see it all. You, that's why watching it a second time was great. Cause I saw different things, but I'm in such awe of someone that can do all of that. And that makes sense of just hearing like, you know, your disco thing and how I think, and I wanted you to say a little bit too, because like some people wanted you to be contemporary because they'd taken your class, like modernize it, but you also have some feelings about keeping things in context and i don't know if you want to share about that because that's very important to a lot of us older gals when things get tried to make it new they take away legacy they take away things like you said the book that's already been written yeah like there's something honoring about how you stepped in they give you a lot of freedom but you didn't just like okay it's the billy show
1: (laughs) yeah well yeah um i come from like i said i was raised by a lot of women that um, taught me the importance of respect.
0: Mm.
1: And I have, I've danced my whole life. I mean, when I was three, you know, you put on James Brown and I'm like burning up the floor. <laughs> but then I've always been a, a, a fan of Fred Astaire and Busby Berkeley and, um everybody before us um, from, uh, from dance in the twenties until today. Um, And when I got the job, I, at the Mulan, I knew that I wanted to modernize it. Um, I had seen the show that was going out. I knew that, but I knew that there was a fine line because I love cabaret. Um, So the last thing that I want to do is dilute that. I want to make that just more special. I want to make it today and yesterday. I mean, I've I've always been the type of choreographers that I like it when, when people tell me I watched a show that you did and I liked it and my parents liked it, or Mm -hmm. I liked it and my grandma liked it, you know? Um, Because there was something that everyone could relate to. Um, There uh, is a history and a story and a lot of blood, sweat and tears and a lot of people um, have worked. to 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 create and to evolve and for me to think that I'm the person's gonna toss that out the window um, I'm not that guy um, I am I'm going to if I can pay homage um, and that's why I think when you are watching one of my reels you kind of see a bit of everything it's yeah. a bit of Fosse and Jack Cole, but it didn't street dance, and then some salsa, and okay, hip hop got in there somewhere, and oh, showgirls came at me, and it's it's how I it's how I roll, you know. Um, uh, I, I want to uh, um, I want to give give life to 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 the art and the beauty that someone has. Gifted us already, mm. you know, um, and I'm and I'm not afraid to say your name, you know, those people that were before us that 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 wrote part of the book, you mm. know, um, they have names, you know, and uh, so so that is why even at the Mulan a lot of the kids in the show wanted me to push harder and you know, make it more you know, like what you do in class. And I'm like, mm, not right now. Maybe the next show I can go a little bit further, but yeah. here we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna give them baby steps to show them what is possible. And then interestingly enough at the Mulan, about three years into the show, and some of the kids from Jubilee were in the show at this time, um, like Eric Fleming, you know Eric? Mm-mm. Um, uh, incredible dancer who was in Jubilee as a soloist. Latoya Jackson came in and did a year at the Mulan. What? Yeah, she did, she came in and became Debbie de Goudreau. You know? Oh, wow. Um, and what we did was she had three numbers that were hers. Outside of the, the rest of the show. And so I made those numbers, I pumped those numbers up big time. And it was a smart idea because the Mulan at that point was kind of used to seeing kids move a different way. Latoya came in, and with those numbers, the audience was like, and they were like, that's new. Okay. It's mm. kind of like a concert. I think. Billy, I think we need some more numbers like that. Cause that, that works. So, you know, it was, it, it took time, um, and it took kind of educating them along with them educating me about the cabaret world. Um, it wasn't one-sided, you know, or a yeah. one-way street. Um, so, um, it was a, a, a journey, you know, uh,
0: Wow. There, and there's also something when you say being raised by women, because I think there's cabaret where the, the female form is celebrated. It's not sexualized where the choreography enhances. And I, and I did hello, Hollywood. Hello. And then I did a couple shows after where it felt degrading, you know, the same amount of clothing on, but the thing, the way the choreography was or the attitude towards women or the sexualization was like, you can be very sensual and sexual, but I feel like that the the integrity of like the Lido and the Mulan is also like to be a female and not be wearing many clothes, but to feel respected and empowered yeah. as opposed to objectified or yeah, minimalized. Like that that's yeah. interesting too to come in as a male choreographer, but with yeah. the perspective of being raised by women. And I think even just people like Tony Basil and Diana Ross, like seeing these women who are very um, yeah, I'm gonna say sensual but not objective. I don't know. There's just something when you see it done well, it's so wonderful. It's so like, okay, here we go. This is what women yeah. are on stage.
1: Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I think doing our job, particularly in these kinds of shows, there's a lot of responsibility um, yeah. on, our, on our shoulders um, to make sure that people are represented in a way that, um, first of all, that they are comfortable with you know, that they're mm-hmm. comfortable coming to work every day, you know, and, and feel like they can um, not only be themselves, but be proud of what they're doing. Um, even if it is sensual or, or, or sexual, you know, there is a way to do that. I am yeah. a believer that sexuality, because I'm known for pushing the envelope.
0: Mm-hmm. I,
1: I do sexy stuff. Okay.
0: Sexy Um, is a whole different thing. Yeah. then that's a wonderful
1: thing. But I believe that that starts in the mind. Yeah. You have to plant a seed in someone's mind to allow them to go to that place within them. You Mm. don't have to do it with someone opening their legs or crouching or being in some position that is, you know... Um, you just have to stimulate something in someone's mind, and that's enough, you know yeah then then let their mind participate, you know, and take it to other places if that's where they want to take it to right. you know, but I personally don't have to put people in that situation where they're grinding on each other, or doing stuff you know, particularly if you're topless or in a G-string or in, in God knows what situation, you know, um, uh, but if a situation is created where everything about the number is taking you there, from the music to the lighting to the sets, one number that did that for me, and I will never forget this number, Panache, Rich Rizzo, Winston. Mm. The number on the rocking chairs. I've seen
0: a tiny clip of it.
1: Oh, 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 Sherry, Sherry, I
0: will look that up.
1: (laughs) And I was talking to Rich about it. He was like, he was telling me some of the tricks of the number because I was like, how did you do that? He was like, oh, the girls had their light switches on the floor they control their own lights. I was like, shut up, get out of here. It's like, yeah, I was like, I couldn't figure out how everything was timed so well and the way the girls had to step forward and then rock back. And they had these ponytails. Oh, the color is green and pink. I, I mean, you know, I'm obsessed, you know, now, but, but, and it was to, what was it, to Mood Indigo? Great, great song, oh. sexy song. And they came up in the elevator, these girls rocking back and forwards. It was a vision. It was a vision. Um, was there any sex in it? No. Was it a sexy number? Hell yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Hell yes.
1: You know, um, and, and there you go, you know.
0: If you go back and listen to past episodes, there's one called Off Her Rocker, and Natalie O'Hayan was in that show, and she talks about there was oil on the stage or something where her chair flipped in that number. And she said i was ass over tits <laughs> it was the way she described it because it was <coughs> such a sexy classy piece and that's not the piece that you want to be upside down in your rocking chair but i'm like that's what makes all these things that go wrong yes. even funnier yeah. Yeah. but there i do i did look up that piece because i wanted to see like how that could happen because there is a lot of risk in those shows when you put
1: yeah yeah cons- and it's, cons- especially in. because those girls were set on the elevator you yeah. know, so you know elevators, that stage, is, it's moving. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it, it's not locked in anything like a regular stage. Um, and And the number was that kind of number where you knew the girls probably never marked that number. It was that number that you could do full out and yeah. enjoy it. You know what I mean? And let yourself go and send that leg and, you know, um, no, that, that, that mm-hmm. one left, uh, left its mark, Don Harden. Fantastic. Yeah.
0: Well, and there's something too, when you, when you're a female, that's always had to be cautious of when, and how you're supposed to be sexy without bad things happening, honestly. Um, when you were allowed that in the safety and to really feel what it feels like to be sexy yeah, and empowered at the same time, it's amazing. Cause I feel like a lot of times there's not a choice like okay I have to or you look at young kids brought up in studios where they're doing sexy choreography at 12 or 13 at competition yeah but you're like no when you get to own it and have consent but get to experience like what is it really like to dance sexy because I feel like there's there's a a lot of times girls have to hold back because it's not safe so in those shows there was something extremely empowering about sexuality when it is your you're in control and it's been done with respectful choreographers and respectful producers and audiences that aren't telling you to take it off and yeah. you know <laughs> yeah, heckling yeah, there is a that right environment like oh it's a beautiful thing to get to do that instead of it has to be oh we giggle about it because oh I'm being sexy but I don't really mean it I don't really think yeah. I'm sexy don't think I think I'm sexy
1: yeah no I I I must say that um another I mean besides I mean I've always liked the kind of 360 degree of womanness, ness um, the, the, the sensuality, the fragility, the um, strength. I also love women who can dance hard. I, I've always loved those women in class that could dance with the boys groups. Yeah. You know, those, those girls that were just, and Empanache, the girl that did the web, and she also, uh, um, I can't remember her name, a French girl. Um, and she also did the Adage. Um, she was so strong, but still always incredibly feminine. Um, and, you know, sometimes in, 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 in these cabaret shows, shows it's kind of like a celebration of, of the female spirit and body and, you know, everything that she's about when it's done well you know yeah. um and the, the reality is that you know uh, men kind of take a second seat you know yeah. um and that's okay you know um that that's just the nature of what this show is how it's how it's built you know um and, and it's not like men don't have enough in our world that you know <laughs> <laughs>
0: You I know. did love that number. I don't know if it was the conquistador kind of a vibe, or there was kind of an Arabian one where the guys got to do some amazing choreography. And now I know that's yours. But that, yeah. that, that stuff that you do in class at some oh, that's for class. That's not for stage. We can't do that every night. So that was pushing some like stamina. Yeah. That was some Yeah, I think that I think time. that was
1: probably the pirates. Yes, that um, was the
0: one. They were they were working yeah. their butts off. Yeah, time. yeah.
1: Yes. yeah. they well and 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 I'm happy to say too that, you know the word kind of got out, if you're gonna be in the Mulan, you have to have good training. That was probably one of the biggest compliments um, I've ever had because a long time, for a long time, the Mulan was more like you kind of needed to be tall enough to get in the costume and pretty and, and not necessarily you know, um, a, a strong dancer but with time you know the the kind of dancers that they need um and are looking for are dancers with good training who are strong you know um and uh that makes me happy
0: well that's also i wonder because you had said like there's times where like the mulan might be a little bit stronger or the lido like I, i think vegas did that too somebody was talking about like how if don arden came out like don arden would try to outdo himself like yeah. if you had two shows running at the same time, you can't have it the same level. But also if you've got a really good show in Paris, then the next opening, like if the Lido and Moulin are going kind of like zigzag, who opens, you want to make sure you're up at that level because also those dancers are going to want to go where yeah. they're going to be challenged. Like, I think it's to not just have one cabaret, but to have two and a lot yeah. of those dancers do know each other, but it is like, Oh, if I want to just coast, I can go here. If that's no, not, the I think it's, anymore, I think it's healthy.
1: I mean, I like it. it. You know, whether it be Vegas or Paris, I like it where there are a lot of good shows in the city, you know, and, and the competition is at a high level and the dancers are on their game. Um, and also that dancers want to move around and do different shows, you know, um, yeah. because, you know, I mean, even, even the crazy Crazy Horse, um, you know, girls would go in and out of that show. Um, but that show, when it's really, really good, and when it has a really good cast, yeah, heck yeah, you know, um, um, from that to the Lido, to Perry de L'Eton, to, you know, to the mulan I mean, all of them were, were valid, and, and when they're all functioning, you know, um, I think it's good for the city. Um, I think it's yeah. good for our business. Uh, I don't think it's good when, you know, you have one show that's doing good and the other ones are kind of limping along, you know. Um, I don't think that's healthy for anybody.
0: Yeah. You know? Well, I wish I had known there were more shows because when I went to Paris for the Bluebell reunion, I knew the Moulin and I knew the Lido, but then I found out when I left, oh, I could have gone to the Crazy Horse and there's another Nouveau, uh, I forgot the name it has Nouveau in there, but there's more shows than I knew. Uh, the new, I new,
1: new, nouvelle eve.
0: That's the one. Yeah. yeah. I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah. But when we open up again, if ever, <laughs> then it would be really fun to go see the show again and go, okay, now I get to see Billy Goodson in this choreography where I saw it without knowing that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it'll be very interesting what happens, you know, when we all reopen and yeah. um, I'm, I'm very curious about, you know what what people are going to to do, what people are going to be able to do, and who right. who's actually going to survive, because um, yeah. it's not it's not a given, right. you know, unfortunately, because those shows are expensive, you know, yeah. and and I know that they're still paying that rent and they're still paying you know uh, big bucks. Um, so I keep my fingers crossed and I pray a lot, you know, for for all of us. You know, yeah. that, that we survived this.
0: I've interviewed a several several from the cast of the Lido, and then Jonah Wilkins, who's at the Mulan, because he was in Jubilee, so he counted as a bluebell. But yeah. just to hear them, like when this was a few months out, thinking it was, but the longer this is going on, the harder it is yeah. to, to stay hopeful in it. And I'm like, okay, this podcast is also like some of us older dancers wanting to encourage and like feel like support cuz we had our career you know we yeah. I, I was in the prime of all the opportunities in the 80s like you, you, I, you know a job offer like pick one and you've got like 12 options of amazing places yeah. where now to see this could go away it just it's very sad and i'd see these these dancers that have worked so hard to get there yeah Uh, So I, we are going to wind up and I know, I say this at the end of all of them, but I truly mean, I know we could go on for hours because if I just wanted to ask you more about that, about being in Beat It, we could have an hour episode of just (laughs) that. So I'm curious, why are you going back to LA? Like what is your next thing in the middle of a pandemic as a dance teacher and choreographer that keeps you going? Um,
1: Well, the, the biggest reason is I am very fortunate and blessed to still have my mother, who is 93. And, and I have always envisioned the latter part of her life, me being with her.
0: Yeah.
1: And we are, we are there. Um, and so COVID, um, actually what happened was she was sick. Um, and we had to get her to the hospital a few months ago. And if if anyone has ever been, like, abroad and someone in the family gets gets sick or something, there's, like, with the nine-hour difference, you know, with communication, it bec- can become very difficult. And you just kind of go through sleepless nights and worrying. And on top of it, you know, um, it, it wasn't about COVID, but COVID was in, in our lives and in the hospitals. So I yeah. was so worried that... I woke up one morning and I was like, I'm, I'm done, I'm done. Oh. It's okay. Um, I also think that when, when we are post-COVID, I think all of us are going to expend a lot of energy reinventing ourselves, um, uh, reinvesting reinvet- in our own careers and futures. And I think it's smart for me to, invest where I see my future being. And I see that being in America, not in Europe. And the reality is that over the past 30 years, I have planted seeds well in Europe. Mm -hmm. So I can come back to Europe and work. You know, I'm knocking on wood. Um, I can do that. Um, But I think when it comes to where do I want to be now and in five and 10 years, it's back in the States. Um, so I am uh, I will see you all there soon.
0: Mm. Oh my gosh. Billy, this has been wonderful. You're so inspiring. And oh, it's, what, what's really great is longevity. And again, that's these young people, they're gonna have to reinvent. And I see some people doing things like, we didn't even know this was a thing. You know, we didn't know what Zoom was. Yeah. I think people are, are finding some parts of them they would not have found if it wasn't for this. But it is, it, it is really good to hear like the, the wisdom of going through all the changes. Like you've moved countries, you've gone variety show and, and all, all the different ways you can do a career. And it's, these are the people we need to listen to. And I think now maybe is a time that the younger generation is actually listening instead of assuming that um, YouTube's gonna give them all the answers.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think it's also a good time because we have time to listen. Yeah. We have time to slow down and do things that we never would have done because we're also busy running around in our crazy lives. And this past 10 months for me has, has given me time to do things that I would never have done. It's given me time to think in different ways, you know. It's given me time to hear different things, you know. So um I think that there are some some silver linings, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like we can't really predict what's next, but I think it is like holding things loosely, not giving up on hope, but maybe, maybe the hope is gonna shift without thinking we know what's yeah. next. Because we really never did, we just thought we did. Who yeah. would've thought when you were back there in the disco that you are gonna go choreograph for the Moulin Rouge? Like <laughs> yeah, there's things that like we would never have ever predicted anyway. And so to understand that like, okay, hold on, things are shifting. You've yeah. got the talent. You've, you, you know, especially like you said, planting seeds are really important. Not right. just you know, single-minded. There's things that you've done that have set you up for the next thing.
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: I am so happy that I took your class so long ago and, and made this connection. <laughs> and thank you, Marissa Burgess, for like the shout out. If you listen to Marissa. Her episode, Yeah. Yeah, You can give a shout out because she gave one to you and it is the people that we see that really made a difference in however these long careers, a lot of people have had the people that stand out and, and why is, is really important. So it's good to honor them. Well, you take care my friend. And when you you. are back in the States and if I ever get out of, (laughs) well, now, yeah, because we can't get out of America, we can get out of our state. Um, I'm going to be following you and I want to see what you do next. And if it means you get to take a nap, then do that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Sherry, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. It's nice to reconnect after I don't know how many years. And to everybody out there, if this comes out during the holiday season, happy holidays to everybody. Take care. Be safe. Oh,
0: thank you, Billy. Be
1: My well. pleasure. Thank you so much. Bye, sweetheart. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.